parents, it's never too early to give your child a great start to their education. Call Great Beginnings Learning Center. A great beginning lasts a lifetime. 559-675-3930 and ask for Trish or Linda. They're located at 2617 Howard Road in Madera, celebrating 32 years. Ages 2 to 12 are accepted. Admission is year-round, but the new school year starts in August. Parents are always welcome. I know this because both of my children had a great beginning in their education. Well, hello there, Madera and Central California. You're listening to the Madera Tribune podcast. I'm your guest host, Corey Valdez. Today is part three of Bringing Back Madera Community Hospital. With me is Mr. Jay Varney. He's the Madera County Administrative Officer, the CAO. Prior to accepting this position, he was Madera Sheriff. He was elected in 2014 and again in 2018. Jay, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So... Madera Community Hospital has been closed since December. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about the county? MCH is closed. Like, what's next? Um, what the county is doing? Sure. You know, to in order to bring back the hospital for the citizens of Madera. So I'm going to just let you have at it. Okay. So let me talk a little bit about uh, what the county's uh, perception is of what. The hospitals do because I think it's important in terms of l- learning what the county is doing. So, uh, the hospital made their initial announcement that they believe they're going to close in December. I think it was the 22nd of December last year. Uh, they actually went into closure in January. Uh, they filed for bankruptcy in March. And uh, since that time, what uh, the board has directed us to do, we've done a, a few things. Uh, one is that we've we currently have uh, $7 million of our ARPA allotment of money set aside is like in hold. Uh, yes, there was projects that was previously allocated to, but the board feels that the uh, ability to participate in a reopening of healthcare of any form at the hospital site is a very high priority, so they've set that money aside. Um, in, in addition to that, um, previously, uh, last year, we did give uh, for a internal construction project, we did give the hospital a million dollars of ARPA money to work on the pharmacy. And prior to that, uh, we had given the hospital $400,000 of CARES Act money. So uh, we are where we are now today. Uh, the hospital's are working through bankruptcy and they have kind of a tough, tough road, right? On mm-hmm. one hand, they'd like to get healthcare reopened and re-energized at the MCH site. And on the other hand, uh, they're in bankruptcy and they have to satisfy a creditors committee of folks that are, I'm, I'm assuming, secured and unsecured creditors who would like to see the hospital do certain things to satisfy satisfy them. So they're playing a, a very difficult balancing act. I, I think that's, a, I'm sure it's a day-to-day thing with them. Who Whose demands do I have to respond to today? Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done significant court filings. And uh, what the county has done as a result of that is we feel like the real question isn't at this point, what's happened in the past, it's what would be sustainable to re-energize, reopen at the MCH site. And we don't really know that. So what we've done is we've, uh, uh, we have retained a uh, consultant firm 
to do those studies. So at yesterday's board meeting, um, yesterday was the ninth, uh, we took an item to the board. It had three main things. One was approval of the contract with the consultant. Uh, another was to set aside some ARPA money to do some studying of health care in the Eastern Madera County and the mountain communities because uh, healthcare is kind of split here. Half goes to MCH, half goes straight down Highway 41 to Fresno, right? So I guess if we're going to have to rebuild everything, let's look at everything and see what we can do for the entire county. So um, with that, uh, we have given our consultant three main areas that we want them to look at, and they're kind of stacked, meaning if the result of the first level of inquiry is this can never happen, we're not going to pay for the second and third level of inquiry. But what we're hopeful is that as they work with the hospital to gain data that they need to help the board make decisions, that it will lead to a positive, you know, go to step two, okay, step two, we made it, go to step three. And so those steps are, um, the first is uh, asset acquisition scenarios, and um, that's uh, certain things that we need to be able to do to uh, work the hospital out of bankruptcy and if there is a subsequent you know, lease or sale of the hospital, how or should we participate in that as a county? Uh, the second level is uh, reopening scenarios. And um, that study was considered earlier. Uh, previously, the, the board had a vote. They were deadlocked two to two, so that item died. However, that was approved as part of yesterday's um, contract. And then um, the third thing is pre-opening capital requirements. So finances at a hospital, and I'm sure the hospital staff could explain it more in depth, but it's very complex. And of course, it's, it's similar to any other business that there is a lot of equipment that has to be certified, maintained, and used daily with patients in this case versus if you were rebuilding an automobile dealership and had to buy all new uh, lifts and equipment and diagnostic equipment and computers and tools and things it's somewhat similar only with the patients there's a lot more things you know you have the things you have the literal beds you have the bedside equipment you have the equipment in the labs you have the equipment in the imaging areas you know both uh, mobile and stationary within the hospital so there's a lot of different financial things going on and when you reopen a healthcare facility, you're probably going to have to enter into brand new leases for new equipment. So there's this, there's this big startup cost. And then to go with that, billing is much different than, say, the standard business. The standard business has like a, I provide you a service, you pay me within 30 days. Well, healthcare doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It, it could be months and months, maybe even onto years before you get the payment for the services that were rendered. So to start up, there's gonna to have to be a certain amount of money on, on hand, and that's one of the things we're having our consultant look into is how much is that. And then uh, there are two things going on at the state level that we hope will help with that. One is, it's actually, it has multiple numbers, because one is as it was, uh, as it was originally entered, and one is as it's, ending up in the budget. It's AB 412, SB 112. And that's the one that folks have probably heard about that has made it through both houses of the legislature. That's great news. 
and would wait for the governor's signature on that. But there's just it's it's basically a, re, a revolving low no interest loan program for distressed hospitals. Now, as it currently sits, there's 150 million dollars set aside for that. That sounds like a lot, but there are I'll probably I can probably name off five or six distressed hospitals, including ours, right now. So there's going to be some competition for that money, and there are some requirements in terms of data. For the county, so much of this gets back to, can we get all the data we need to prove what is sustainable there again? The state's gonna ask for the same kind of data. What, what proof can you offer that if we loan you, let's just pick a number, $20 million, which is probably low. But let's say we were asking for $20 million. We're going to have to be able to prove that it's a good investment on behalf of the state, even though it is a non-forgivable loan in its current status. So there's that one. And then there's another one that's called uh, SB 870. And that's probably pretty complex for me to try to explain here on the podcast. But the bottom line with that one is it's significantly more money. It could be in the the original ask was $1.5 billion, but where that money would come from was from a a tax or a fee that just sunsetted in December. So uh, there's members of the legislature, including uh, Senator Caballero, who is asking them to re-implement that so that the money continues to come in, but then redirect that money towards distressed hospitals. Now, I don't know where it was going before. I don't know if it was going in the state general fund or for for a different purpose, but both of those would be available to help re-energize the hospital. And then part of the information that we're studying is hospital, it's not just that they get paid in a kind of a topsy-turvy method, right? I might get paid next month, I might get paid in January of 2024 from, from whomever I'm billing. It's there's different mixes of who I'm billing, right? So there's private insurance, and then there's Medi-Cal, Medicare. And there is some work being done on improving those reimbursement rates because uh, MCH is predominantly a public-funded patient hospital, meaning Medi-Cal and Medicare pay for a lot of things. There isn't as many private insurance uh, constituents going there. So that makes it more difficult for the hospital to recover its full costs and in a timely fashion. So, uh, again, the county's main focus. The county's main focus right now is the data, and after uh, that data is uh, put together, what what models can we put together that will be sustainable well into the future here in Madera? Well, that's very informative. The the AB eight seventy, the big money for yeah, it's, that's a, being, it's actually SB Senate Bill eight seventy. Yeah. What are the chances of that actually getting reinstated and having that money being allocated for distressed hospitals? And if so, if that can go towards distressed hospital, would the four one twelve, the seven, or the one hundred and fifty million also be Connected yes, with that. they're not mutually exclusive. They're two separate programs, so they both would be available. Um, we received an email yesterday through uh, 
the California State Association of Counties and gave us somewhat of a review of where that stands. And it sounds like uh, there is a very concerted effort to get that reinstatement put into um, either the May the May revise released by the governor of it. It's called the May Revise, so sorry if I talk in jargon sometimes, but when you hear somebody say the May Revise, what that is is the governor has pitched his budget in January, February. He's had some time to mull through it and get opinions and do all that, and then the governor does a May Revise, which is um, an update, and then both sides, Senate and Assembly, and then the governor get into building the actual budget. It's supposed to be built by January. Oftentimes now we get kind of a skeleton bill with a lot of trailer bills, you know, filling in the blanks. And they are working on uh, uh, getting this managed care organization provider tax, which is the tax that sunsetted, into the current budget proposals. So I'm, I'll just say that I'm cautiously optimistic that they would reinstate that because there's enough positive talk about what they're trying to do you know folks generally you know they do a little it's just like if you were going to buy a house right you ask the neighbors you ask your friends you ask people for opinions right well for a program that's this much money they're not just going to blindly go hey i think we should do this (laughs) they've probably talked amongst themselves and said we really think that hospitals really need this money Uh, some people are not going to be real thrilled because whether it's a tax on a a corporation or, or or uh, providers or not, a lot of people don't want more taxes. I totally understand that. However, in this case, since we are an area that has a distressed hospital, it would be definitely beneficial to us to see this get into the into the approved state budget. And it wouldn't just be benefiting Madera Community Hospital. No. It would be benefiting all the hospitals in California that are in distress at that right. time. Right. And this goes the same goes for AB 412. $150 million is available to, to currently open or close hospitals or close hospitals assisted by a government entity to help uh, get them out of distress, basically. So there's... Uh, I almost wish... Well, I won't say almost. I do wish that they had allocated more than $150 million. Because I'm sure when they when they originally wrote this, 150 million seemed adequate, because you wouldn't under ask, right? Right. But now we have a few more hospitals that are experiencing some difficulties. They're not closed. Uh, there's another one. I'm sorry, I don't remember which one it is. There's another one that has declared bankruptcy, but it's still open. And then there's others that are having cash flow problems. So, 150 million dollars. Let's just say that I hope that if this is passed, that we're able to get get a portion of that money before everyone else turns in their application if needed. And uh, there are parameters, though, that would definitely make a situation like ours here in Madeira a priority. Well, I think you should first come, first serve. And since we were the first ones, guess what? Madeira should get the money. That's me. Let's talk about... Um, Regarding Madera Community Hospital, okay. um, January 25th, uh, from my understanding, the hospital needs to have its license renewed. With the, and I believe the cost is 101000 Is the county, now that all this is being mm-hmm. passed, and you know that the money's going to be coming towards the hospital, will the county put up the 101000 to keep the hospital intact so they can be grandfathered? So our understanding of the license is that it is due, that it 
the payment is due on the 25th. However, we have reached out to the state and we are receiving cooperation on being able to extend the, the I guess the easiest way to call this, extend the due date. The, the folks at the state don't want to put the hospital in, in any more of a dire circumstance than it already is, but they are willing to uh, work with us to extend that. If, it, if the state had said, no, it's dropped dead on uh, May 25th or 26th, whichever day it was, uh, the county was prepared to do a, a budget item before the board next week to set aside $100,000 to pay for that license. So um, depending on how the hospital reopens, the license may not, that license may not be necessary, but it's, um, it's not a very good risk to take because if it does reopen, my understanding is if it does reopen, say it's an acute care hospital, which is what it's licensed for, it's way better off to have that license than to try to go through the new process. Right. So our understanding from the state is uh, that they're going to work with the hospital on not creating a harsh, you know, you're going to drop dead May 25th deadline. And if we start getting communication from the state that says, now we've waited long enough, well, you're going to have to renew or move on, uh, the county's prepared to uh, take that in front of the board and have the board consider that, which I think they would consider positively. The hospital right now is working with the skeleton crew, mm -hmm. um, security, keeping the hospital maintained as much as possible with just a few um, employees working. They have to do that in order to show that, that you know, to keep the hospital safe from... Right vandalism or whatever sure. and Madera Community Hospitals is a beautiful hospital you know um, and our hope is to bring it back it may look different we don't know yet but something is better than nothing right. and do you think it's going to stay Madera Community Hospital or will it be changed is it, what about a district hospital so there's different ideas about the district hospital so a healthcare district or a hospital district is something that's created by the people upon whom the cost of the district would be forwarded to. Uh, my understanding is it'd be similar to other districts that, that you pay an increment on. Um, it would take two votes to, to get that put together. And and then the final thing is, is, is if we're able to attract a provider here, does the provider wish to run something that's uh, run as a district hospital? So... Uh, we're not against helping in that way, but we also don't want to get too far down that road and then find out that it's really not a benefit to the provider. In terms of cash, what we've determined is if we did a district and even included the areas that are kind of um, the wobblers, meaning maybe mostly they go to Fresno, but some of their folks come to MCH, uh, that would probably bring in between three to five million dollars annually, which is a lot of money. But based on the level at which the hospital was losing money, it, it's not enough to make them sustainable. So uh, certainly, we're willing, you know, to work with anybody who really wants to take a look at helping reopen this. And our, our understanding is that those who are willing to take a look and they want the, the data information, the package information to determine whether this is sustainable or not also, right? Because 
if we're going to reopen and we're going to go right back into losing two and a half million dollars a year, that's not sustainable. And neither the state or anyone else is going to join us in that. So, you know, we definitely want it to be something where hopefully it's breaking even, but that's a, that's a huge hope in the healthcare world. Most hospitals don't break even. So, uh, but a acceptable level of loss, you know, that, that again is up to the provider, right? What are they willing to operate a hospital at? What other supplemental income might they go for? Um, the bottom line is it's got to be sustainable. It's such a com- complex issue. It, 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 it's extremely So complex. many moving parts. Well, and then you even get into, okay, uh, we have a lot of folks that are really loyal to MCH and would love to see it open tomorrow. But it's not literally everyone walks back in and we just turn the lights back on, right? It's uh, your, your doctor, your healthcare sponsor provider, your doctor providers, your specialists, all of the employees, you know, that all the levels that aren't there right now, we have to, we have to, you know, rehire, regroup, do all of that. And then you also have to, in, in terms of patients, you know, convince the patients that you do want to come back to the hospital, right? Because some have made other arrangements. Some, unfortunately, are probably just skipping healthcare because they came, what they knew was coming to the hospital and they don't want to go get a new doctor or for whatever reason they don't want to seek alternative or maybe they can't seek alternate choices. But yeah, it's, it's super complex. When you say that, I think of the senior citizens that really depend on Madera Community Hospital. I also think of the homelessness, you know, when they're, they're needing help. But the seniors who aren't driving anymore, and they don't have any other way, and it's too costly to get them to Fresno via Uber or Lyft. So unless you have a family member, you know, some kind of support system, mm-hmm. how are they going to get their health care but Madera Community Hospital? So we have to form something local. And I know the Madera Department of Public Health has been working diligently on that that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to have Dr. Paul as a guest and we can uh, talk about that. Um, the, the jail that is under a contract and that we, I was just wondering if the hospital did come back, would the county consider doing it? contract with the hospital for the prisoners to bring to as a I guess to renew a contract with the county and the hospital for the jail so how that process works is uh, at given time periods I think the last uh, RFP was maybe mid 2018 it wasn't too far in front of COVID and the county had uh, three folks respond. It was uh, two jail medical providers and the hospital. And based on the analysis and based on uh, the board's review of uh, the committee's submittal to the board, uh, they selected a, an entity that's uh, fairly large, has quite a few resources. Um, the contract is a pretty expensive contract, but providing uh, and it just, we actually just did an item where we expanded healthcare at the jail because previously 
I don't believe that we had a nurse on staff 24-7 for the jail and for the juvenile hall. And um, that's probably, I'm, I'm glad that we do now because I think that's a best practice. And unfortunately, just like the hospital experience, nurses are very expensive. So even the provider has to pay a premium to get nurses to commit to working in a, you know, in a custody facility in the in a county we love, but maybe other people don't find as scenic as we do. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, it is a very expensive proposition. So, so at the point, if the, if the hospital was back at full function, uh, maybe at some point in the future, um, the county would RFP that again. But the hospital would have to be able to guarantee that they'd be able to continue to provide the services. And, and I think that's... Uh, one of the advantages, at least in the RFP process, that the that the folks who are focused on jail provision have is that they already have access to the people, or they or they already have the people. Whereas the hospital would have to hire additional staff and maintain that staff at the jail. Now, the positive thing would be the jail staff would be connected to the ER staff, and now maybe. Maybe some outcomes are worked out a little more quickly. Uh, there are a number of people who go to the jail who, who truly, truly need to be medically cleared. And then there's other people who they've been dealt with often enough that they know what to say to get sent to the hospital so that they don't have to be in custody for a few extra hours, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's definitely not the majority, but there are those folks too. And in, and in cases like that, perhaps... If the hospital was the provider, those could be more rapidly worked through. I, I don't know at this point. At this point, I think the hospital should, the hospital discussion should focus on what can we get back on the ground that's sustainable at the MCH campus and then work from there. Because you know, a lot of people don't know the hospital is also running three rural health clinics at the time. Uh, one in Churchill, I think one was actually even in, in Mendota, which we know is in not in Madera County, but it you know, has a, a very positive effect on underserved people who may actually be Madera County residents and they just work over that way. And I think we had a third one right here in Madera. So um, I think hospital first and whatever else after that. But, but there kind of brings us back to the data. You know, the, my understanding was the clinics were, um, I hate to say profitable, because we're never in the medical field to profit, but but you do have to make more money than you spend to stay in business, even as a nonprofit, right? But my understanding was, was that the rural health clinics were, uh, were in the black. So maybe, maybe when we get the analysis back, maybe part of that's going to be you need to reopen rural health clinics as soon as possible. I don't know, but that's that's the kind of information the board's going to need to be able to say what do we want to do now that we have all the info. Now, now what? What's the next decision point? Our guest today was Jay Varney, Madera County's administrative officer. Thank you, Jay, for stopping by. Well, that does it for me. I'll catch you next time 